Thank you for inviting me to speak today at this magnificent commencement ceremony. There's a story about a man and a woman who have been married for 40 years. One evening at dinner, the woman turns to her husband and says, you know, 40 years ago on our wedding day, you told me that you loved me and you haven't said those words since. They sit in silence for a long moment before the husband says, I hate Will Ferrell. I hate him. I hate his movies. He's gross. You know, New Hampshire's such a special place. When I arrived, I took a deep breath of this crisp New England air and thought, I cannot criticize my parents for hoping that I would never experience poverty. They had been poor themselves, and I have since been poor. And I quite agree with them that it is not an ennobling experience. Climbing out of poverty by your own efforts, that is something on which to pride yourself. But poverty itself is romanticized only by fools. Don't be reckless with other people's hearts. Don't put up with people who are reckless with yours. Floss. If you make your bed every morning, you will have accomplished the first task of the day. It will give you a small sense of pride, and it will encourage you to do another task, and another, and another. I've often said that I wished people could realize all their dreams and wealth and fame and so that they could see that it's not where you're going to find your sense of completion. Like many of you, I was concerned about going out into the world and doing something bigger than myself until someone smarter than myself made me realize that there is nothing bigger than myself. There lies in this Southland today, buried in unmarked graves, many a black genius who would have blessed this city and this section of our country if only his parents could have had before them the Dillard University you are now building. And today, I stand before a sea of young geniuses. Oh, yeah. Do you buy your thermometer, sir? Is that a challenge? Do you buy your thermometer? Fun, let's have a duel. Challenge accepted. If you wanna, wanna, wanna come over. If you wanna, wanna, wanna go ride. If you wanna, wanna, wanna come over. If you wanna, wanna, wanna go ride. If you wanna, wanna, wanna come over. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Do It or Else podcast. I'm Dustin. I'm Ryan. And we both graduated. <laughs> yes, we did. We yeah. both graduated. Congratulations, Dustin. Thank you, Ryan. <laughs> I graduated 10 years ago. 10? I think I'm at, um, I think I'm at 11 now. You graduated in 2009? Yeah, I graduated college in 2009. Oh, how did you get a year ahead of me? You some I, kind of smart guy? Did you, you spend... some kind of Urkel there? <laughs> Wait, did you spend five years in college? Yeah, they're I'm called dog years. I'm jealous of that. I it graduated was... college and looked like I, I remember going to graduation and expecting all my friends to come. And none of them came because they were all spending another year. And I didn't yeah, know. What... Nobody told me. No one told you that the five-year plan was the cool thing to do, yeah. man? Yeah, man. I made you mistakes. cool, man? I made mistakes. So this week's challenge... Uh, nah, man. Put that joint down. <laughs> Have another year of college, man. All right, bro. All right, bro. Uh, pass, pass the Chiba. 
Pass me that textbook, dude. <laughs> yeah, you need to. You need to stop smoking and start studying, Mister. Well, okay. It's an interesting line of thought you got there, Mister Book Dealer. But I'll I'll go to school for another year. Oh, book dealer. Do you do kids still have to pay a whole bunch of money for their books, or can they like? Yeah. Oh yeah. I figured it would be like uh, online now, like you you, you got still- a Kindle or something. An exorbitant amount for that PDF file, though, Ugh. if they choose to have a PDF file. But what, is, what is the deal there? Is that how PhDs make money, is by writing textbooks, and then they have to charge a whole bunch of money? It's the industry. I'm sure for some of the, the higher-up levels where the PhD, you know, the doctorals are writing books, and their books are the textbook for the class. But, you know, for just a macroeconomics book, that's probably like $250, $300, and then... There's going to be a new version next year. Always. And they're going to have to do that. It's a racket. It's a racket. Man. Did you ever have the, um, did you ever buy the wrong edition of the book? I did buy the, the old edition of the book. And I was like, man. It would okay. be all the same information, just in a different order. Like you'd have to a just figure out which chapter it was. Yeah. 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 Like, and then I got a teacher edition of a math book once. Oh, nice. Which is actually so great because it's good to have answers. the answers. <laughs> yeah. Because then you can actually check your work. Like, everybody should have the answers in a math book. I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's true. If you really Mr. think about it, man, you could just teach Mr. yourself math. I check my work, man. Mm. So this week's challenge, uh, it's a two men and a baby. Is this a two men and a baby or is this, we call two this listener submitted? This is a listener submission. Uh, two men and a Zach challenge. Write a uh, what's it called? Commencement, commencement speech. speech. Yeah, graduation Jinx. speech. Jinx, you owe me a coke. Oh, <laughs> none of that Pepsi shit. You sure? What I don't about- like that. It's like got a bit of an acrid. It's like too. You can smell the difference of a Pepsi. It's, it's before sac- it even hits your lips. It's, it's like sacrilegious is- to say, but. When I'm out west, like in high elevation, I I like a Pepsi. That's all you can get, though. Yeah, they they sell them out there. But I think does elevation t- change the sweetness of a, of something? It of definitely food? changes your brain because yeah. it's getting less oxygen. So maybe. Oh, uh, I see where you're, you're going here. You're really liking the extra carbonation in that soda because I'm stupid. Like. You're a little stupid. Because you're a little yeah. stupid when you're out west up in the mountains. You get a little dumb. You start thinking Pepsi's good. Oh. oh I think I'll just have this Pepsi. and <laughs> mm, This is actually quite good. I don't know what the big deal is. Why is everybody all knocking this stuff? It's like, it's like, as the voice of a new generation, I think I'll have a Pepsi. Oh, you're stupid. Coke is it. Well, I can't hear you from way up on top of my 14,000 mountain. You're stupid. Coke is it. Coke is it. Coke is it. And then the guy who yelled from the bottom of the mountain mm. caused an avalanche, and right. now he's buried. Right. So that's what that's what you get for drinking Coke but out then, west, I guess. But then that, that dog comes with a little barrel of Coke around its neck. No, it's a barrel of whiskey. Oh. And the dog, like, digs up the Coke. And takes it back to the smart I like, guy. I like your, um, see, of the two of us, you're the only one who's taken improv classes, right? <laughs> yeah. And I've the one thing I know about improv is it's yes and. So I say, oh, it comes with a little, 
barrel of coke around its neck but you the improv expert go no <laughs> it's whiskey <laughs> i do i do like to there are certain times where you can say no i yeah. didn't i shouldn't have said no there <laughs> no that was the what perfect I, if time. i wanted to say no i think no, it led to a better laugh you know yeah uh, <laughs> if i wanted to say no I should have said, oh, give me some of this Coke. Oh, it's bourbon. I don't actually say no. I should just act out that what you said we all thought was Coke, but I subverted that shit and said, it burns. It's whiskey. (laughs) And then I changed the flow to now we need a Coke. Now we really got to find a Coke to make a Jack and Coke. Who who is um, the uh, like the the guy who invented or not invented, like perfected improv in Chicago? Do you know his name? I don't know. Uh, I can't remember his name. Uh, Pete Holmes. Yeah, sure. Pete Holmes. Okay. Now I'm going to ask <laughs> you another person's name. Who is the lady, the comedian who is past now, who had a lot of plastic surgery, who did like the red carpet? Uh, Joan Rivers. Okay. Joan Rivers. So Joan Rivers. Comic genius. Right. I love Joan Rivers comedy. But okay. That guy in Chicago who did all the development of improv, I read that he hates Joan Rivers or hated Joan Rivers because they were on stage doing an improv and he's like an improv genius. And like, they're talking about getting divorced and he goes, what are we going to tell the kids? And she says, what you idiot? We don't have kids. <laughs> and apparently he just killed the scene dead. <laughs> apparently she got a great laugh for it. Cause it is kind of funny, but like <laughs> whatever, like it, it broke the rules apparently so badly that he never like would speak or work with her again. Oh, but we know her name and we don't know his. So, so there. There you go. Sometimes you got to break the rules. You got to break the rules. There's whiskey in the barrel. And this week's challenge was to write a commencement speech for our dear friend Zach and all the other graduates who, um, I don't know. Maybe they got a virtual commencement speech. Maybe they got a a virtual graduation. Yeah, and but, if and if they didn't, we're here to help out a little bit. So we've both prepared commencement speeches. But first, Dustin, we need to learn a little bit about which we speak. Spec, I spec. The ability to speak does not make you intelligent. Now get out of here. So, Dustin, we've attended one graduation together. Correct. Um, I've only attended one total. Oh, did you not graduate from college? No, I did. I just didn't go to graduation. (laughs) Why is that? I actually uh, went to an Ultimate Frisbee tournament (laughs) instead. Wow. We made made nationals, so... Hey, that's... I I think that's better. That's cooler. Um... So my memories of graduation, I loved our high school graduation. I thought it was Heck, very fun. Heck yeah, it was a lot of fun. We had, there was a bit of like reverence to our graduation class though. There was a reason for that. Yeah. We were the well, last graduating class from our building. Our high school was closing. They were building a new one. And the, the school had been there for like 150 years, right? Starting with that old wooden schoolhouse. That was like the original schoolhouse. Oh, is that what you think? The log cabin out front? 
if I understand correctly. You are incorrect. Oh, shit. That well, log cabin was built in the 40s by the 4-H club. <laughs> back when Milton had a 4-H club, which it does not anymore. Back when, back when Milton was still like a thriving farming community in a horse farm mecca. Well, it still is a horse farm mecca. Yeah, but, when, but... It was a, when it was a farming community and you learned farming things at school, they built that. And they, I actually saw recently they've saved that cabin and like moved it across the street. It's got a new yeah. foundation. It looks good. Yeah, awesome. But yeah, so we got like fancy old diplomas. Um, but do you remember who spoke at our graduation? Do you remember a commencement speech? Um, wasn't it Mr. Ryan Dunn? Oh, class president spoke. Okay. Didn't didn't he speak once and then the valedictorian speaks? Vasily. Was that his name? No. Yeah, I think you're right. His think brother. His, his brother was Vasily. The older brother was is Damien? Isn't it Damien? I will tell you this. Um, when that okay. guy got up to speak, I didn't know who he was. That's how you you know I was in the dumb kid classes. Because I did not know who the Valedictorian was. I'd never met him. They ran cross country with us. Didn't know that guy. He, he actually ran cross country with us. Sorry. I'm pretty sure it was Damien. And his older brother was Vasily. And they were uh, obviously, I'm pretty sure they were of Russian lineage, and he was he an was inventor. Super smart. Yeah, yeah, and he seemed like a cool kid. Like I loved his speech, but I, I didn't know I didn't know him. Um, well, in a class of 530 or something, it's hard to know everybody. Yeah, especially um, when you're in the dumb kids class. Was there, like us? So, other than those guys, did anybody else give a speech? I don't remember. Um, I mean, the principal gave like a quick speech. Okay, is. I'm pretty sure it was just like two speeches from the students, class president, valedictorian, and then, um, yeah. Well, at university graduations, there is like a guest speaker. Yeah. Our uh, year, when we graduated from Georgia, I think it was Alton Brown who oh, spoke. Oh, from the, the, the cooking channel. The cooking channel, yeah. And, and also lives in Roswell. I missed it. Yeah, lives in Roswell. But you had to go play frisbee. I had to go play frisbee in Wisconsin, Madison, Wisconsin. The person who nationals. gave my commencement speech at college, I don't remember. I know it happened. I think they were an author, and I just it wasn't Alton Brown. I didn't go to UGA, so I don't remember. Is where bummer. did you go to school? Let's let's just tell the lovely listeners. Georgia College and State University, which is now called Georgia College, I think. That is in Milledgeville, Georgia, That's about right. an hour from Athens. Yeah. South. It's like and Athens' little dumb baby brother. Ah, it's a beautiful town. Don't say it's dumb. Because there are a lot of good things that come out of Milledgeville. My my uh great aunt who has passed away, she actually went to Georgia College when it was just a women's only college. She went to the Georgia Normal School. The Normal School, exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Um, and there was nothing normal about it when you get a whole bunch of women in school together, gaggling around, cycling up. Man, it's crazy on the full moon. Um, I love my great aunt. <laughs> I thought you were talking She's about fantastic. Bicycling. Yeah, <laughs> not not that kind of cycling. Um. I went to UGA. Hi. Yeah, he's a bulldog. I'm a bulldog. You were a bulldog as well. No, I was not a bulldog. Oh, a bobcat. Lived, You're a bobcat. I was a bobcat. I lived in Athens, but I didn't attend the university. But yeah, yeah, we were bobcats. 
But you had an author, speaker, and you don't know yeah. who it was. But I remember, you know, they give the basic address. And so I wanted to look up, like, how long has this been going on? And it seems that commencement speeches naturally have been going on as long as there have been commencements. But they are, they were nothing like they are today. So the crazy thing is when you look up this history, Harvard University is like the easiest to track. I guess they kept the best records. People think it's the most important school. So it's the easiest school to look at. So in 1642 was the wow. first commencement for Harvard University. There were nine commencers, meaning like nine students that graduated the university. Oh, wow. And universities at the time didn't teach what they teach now. Uh, universities taught essentially ancient languages in the classics. Like Latin and philosophy and argumentative thought. Exactly. So in an American gotcha. university, you would go in and you would continue to study English and literature. And then you would study Latin, Greek, and other languages, probably French. And so at graduation, you basically showed off that you knew how to speak the languages. Oh. Elocution, basically. So you would give these speeches in most likely Latin. Uh, which is a tradition that survives today where a lot of universities still give a speech in Latin. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they did it mine. Perhaps there was some Latin spoken, but I, I, I wasn't speaking it. Uh, <laughs> so students would get up and give speeches in Latin as well as like more educated professors and such so that you could see the difference in how well somebody spoke Latin or Greek or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um the first speaker, I think, was the governor of Massachusetts. Massachusetts? Massachusetts? They're Two sets. Ma oh, really? Massachusetts? Spell it. I, I, Massachusetts. 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 This is a waste of time. But uh, <laughs> So he got up there and spoke Latin. Just as, like college. As well as some of the students. Um, and apparently these, for over, like almost two centuries... These events were huge public gatherings where people would come to see the speakers and then there would be, they called it dinner, but it was in the middle of the day. So I think it's like the English dinner where it's lunch. Um, and they would have a huge like banquet uh, after listening to the speeches. And the whole community, I guess of Boston there, would gather to hear these speeches for a couple hundred years until you get up to the early 1900s where, as in every history we have, these things start to change. It goes from being like the well-educated and learned men to universities change what they teach. They no longer teach the classics, Latin. That, that's unimportant in the modern world. Now they're teaching mathematics, engineering, science, uh, as well as other humanities. So speakers change, and you get uh, kind of a, an explosion of like businessmen and celebrities. Starts. And was it always... I'm sorry. Was no, no. it always a former alumni that was giving these speeches or would they just be like um who's who's fairly successful let's see if they want to speak to these new professionals these new graduates so it seemed early on it had nothing to do really with alumni so graduates would always speak uh but then like learned people of the community or university would speak uh as it went on yeah it just became famous people around town I oh, think. cool. Like, whoever the big businessman in your town was, that's who you wanted to speak. Uh, mm -hmm. To lend advice uh, to the classes. And in the last 20 years or so, really, like, during our time, um, 
these speeches have exploded and it's become a big kind of market to see who you can get to give the speech at your university. Okay. Like a former ex-president. Uh, did you watch Did you watch Obama's speech this year? I saw clips of it. See, he did he did a little criticizing of the adults, but it was a pretty good speech. You you'd have to read into it to see it as a criticism of Trump, but it definitely was there. Um, have you watched a bunch of Have you watched any of like the famous commencement speech? Did you ever watch like Steve Jobs? No. Steve Mm-mm. Jobs has a few that are like really really terrific. Um, my personal favorite is uh, Jim Carrey's. I remember seeing that one when that when that came out. Yeah, and he was, I guess they made him a, um, what did they call it, uh, an honorarium professor or something like yeah, that. Yeah, they make so you, he, they so give you an honorary got, doctorate. Generally, yeah, that that's what it was. So he got like he's in the full garb and full, you know, all the cool accoutrement. Yeah, and I I do remember that. I don't remember any specific words of it, but I remember the colors. I think he's wearing like bright orange or yeah, something. it's kind of a peachy. Pinkish. Yeah, and it, it's like a it was very well written, and uh, I remember it. Jim energy was good. Jim Carrey's was not as funny as you would think, right? Uh, but Jim Carrey's was about his father, uh, where his father, I guess, had been a musician or something, who had kind of given up his dreams to support his family and run a store, mm-hmm. uh, and then the store failed. Um, okay. And the point of Jim Carrey's speech is that you shouldn't give up on your dreams because you can fail at your backup plan. Oh, cool. Which is a very, uh, it always kind of stuck in my head, but then you could also fail. Like the point is that you could fail at your dreams. You could fail at your backup plan. So just go with your dreams. Um, but I realize a lot of these speeches, the speaker is almost speaking to themselves. And I realized that like kind of while I was writing mine, that it's mm-hmm. you're giving yourself advice. It's very hard to give other people advice. So everybody mm-hmm. just kind of ends up writing what they think they should be doing, uh, which is oh. rough advice, right? Like, how can you? These people don't know you, and right. why, why do we listen to them? But you know, you know, Charlie Day gave a good one recently. Uh, Ellen DeGeneres has a really good one. I don't know, but that's well, kind of where we are now. That's cool. Uh, your Jim Carrey thing, um, I'm reading a book that my wife gave to me. is called To Shake the Sleeping Self. And it's by this guy named uh, Jedediah Jenkins who, uh, when he turned 30, quit his job and decided to ride his bike from Oregon to Patagonia. So wow. it took like a year and a half. And just while we were, while you were talking, I was like, what you said kind of sounds familiar. So I've been silently looking at it. And it was like, the it's the first page. The book opens with a quote from Henry David Thoreau um, that says, The youth gets together his materials to build a bridge to the moon, or perchance a palace, or temple on the earth. And at length, the middle-aged man concludes to build a woodshed with them. Mm. So, kind of like what Jim Carrey's dad did. <laughs> like... <laughs> He's he's a musician. He's gonna he's gonna write the next best guitar solo that's gonna melt faces, but he's like shit. I need to sell my guitar and open up a general store. Hmm. I hear it right, but then I also have lived a life, and you to a certain degree also have lived a life, and know a lot of people have lived a life where uh, pursuing the arts or some sort of entertainment was the goal. 
And the pursuit was the goal. Right. The pursuit was the goal. And there was a lot of enjoyment in that. But everyone will admit, all artists will... I, I don't want to speak for all artists, but I'll say lots of artists intend to get paid for the work that they do. Um, yeah. They, they intend to get really good at it to the point where they can make... Most people have pretty humble desires, like buy a house, have a car, like have a middle-class lifestyle as a as an artist of some kind. And it seems most fail at that goal. Um, so I wonder if Jim Carrey's advice is bad. Uh, like maybe the advice should be pursue your dreams for your own personal enjoyment, but don't ever worry about money one way or the other. Maybe that would be slightly better advice. I don't know. To not worry about the actual amount of money. Because he had the whole thing where he was like, before he, you know, for 10 years, he carried around a, a check he wrote to himself for a million dollars, right? Oh, that's right. And yeah, and so like he really was thinking like, about the money, wasn't he? He was, yeah. yeah. And it was like 10 years to the day or something, like... He got Liar he landed, Liar or something. The no, mask. he landed Ace Ventura. Okay. And then he was able to pay himself that $1 million. So it's like, for him... And often, as we've seen Jim Carrey get older, and I've, I've followed him, you know, he's he's had some ups and downs, and he's like, you know, no one ever thinks that you can still be depressed after getting everything that you've ever wanted. Oh, right, some, yeah. Some type of anecdote like that. So I really think the, you know, like you said, the pursuit, I think the pursuit is always better than actually getting anything that you want. For me, anyway... I've always enjoyed the thought process or the planning of something like the planning of a trip or the planning to buy something or the research before I buy a new pair of shoes or a backpack or, or something like the, the thought, the, the spinning of the wheels and the creation of all the infinite possibilities in your head based off of like, if I do this, then I can do this, then I can do that, then I can do that, but I have to start here. And then it's just branching off like a, a tree branch. See, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think that's great for you. I'm not sure I get the same amount of enjoyment from it. Like I really want to sit and smell the roses. Uh, So you want to plant the garden and get on with it. I want to. Yeah. I, I don't know what I'm saying. Like hard work. Hurry up and wait. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know what I'm saying. You want to hear a speech? You want to hear what we plan to say? I think it's time for people to, to hear our, Commencement speeches. Let's commence this segment. Let's now. Okay, now we'll we'll commence that segment. Okay, deal. Commence that segment. Do we have to sit? What is the the opposite of commencement? A cessation. We have to cessate this segment. Satiate. Satiate. Sassent. Moving on. Okay, man, it's time to give our speeches. I'm looking oh, at my speech right now. I think I I want whoever thinks they did a better job to go second, okay? So I think <laughs> I did about a C. What do you think you did? I don't know. I'm not a good self-critic, dude. So I feel you, like... No, be honest. Wow, you I, think you got a B over there? You think you got an A? No, I feel like uh, I feel like I got a maybe a... a I don't know because these are just words. You sound and, more and confident changes, than me. I'm going to go first. It changes when you speak it. I'm like, going first. We could okay. You sound confident. 
All right, fine. And I, I feel un- unconfident. I How wrote did you this... get confident from what I just said? And I'm just like, <laughs> you're nuts, man. I just feel like yours is going to be better. I have a feeling that yours is going to be better. Whatever. Right. Your creepy pasta was better. All right. Will you like? Will you um, bring me to the mic? Will you announce me a little bit? Okay. And we'll put in some crowd noise. <laughs> <laughs> Settle down. We're very honored today to have a former alumni to Earth University. Everyone give it up for Ryan Sedgwick. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, I'd like to start by thanking Dean Dustin, President Graham, and Janitor Dusty for inviting me here today. It's truly an honor. Who would have thought that I, a part-time waiter and even more part-time podcaster, would have been chosen to speak here today. I guess that's a testament to my hard work. All right. To the class of 2020, I am here to, to say, wear sunscreen. Or congratulations, or wh- whatever. You did it. Whether it be finishing your four years of high school, like pretty much everybody does, or completing your undergraduate, like both Dustin and I did. So. It's on par with washing your car or watching a list of shitty movies. We are here to congratulate you. And just as an an aside, it does suck that you didn't get the big parties. So fuck that and fuck Zoom parties. Drinks are on Dustin when all this is over. Oh wait, Um, today could be an actual achievement. Uh, Maybe you're completing some higher level of learning, uh, in which case I am actually very proud of you. Uh, Congratulations, doctors. Or better yet, you're the first person in your family to complete whatever you just completed. Or maybe you're not a kid, maybe you're an adult who saw a problem that education could solve. To these kind of students, I'm in awe. For some of your classmates, school was a chore to be finished in between wing night and karaoke night. I know it was for me, but for many of you, school was a monumental obstacle guarded by economic and social hardships that you figured out. So way to go, seriously. So now what? You've got your diploma, what should you do? I don't know. That is as far as I got. I finished school and joined a band, so maybe do that. Oh, and the pandemic, and the embarrassingly bad leadership that we're currently enjoying, and the huge array of other issues we face, one of those will pass. (laughs) I'm not going to tell you which. All I'll say is you've got to keep your head up, find a problem to solve and get stuck in, be kind to people, be helpful, and remember to love, because love is all we've got. And I'll leave you with a quote from someone dead, so it must be good. The science fiction writer Kurt Vonnegut, who said uh, in Goodbye, Mr. Rosewater. Hello, babies. Welcome to Earth. It's hot in the summer and cold in the winter. It's round and wet and crowded. On the outside, babies, you've got a hundred years here. There's only one rule that I know of, babies. God damn it, you've got to be kind. Now turn your tassels and get to work. Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to bring to the stage our second commencement speecher. Speecher? Yeah, that's right. Speecher. Uh, Professor Emeritus Dustin Gray.
Hello, graduates. This is meant to be a message of hope. Although it feels like hope is something rare these days. I was once a graduate and I think I can remember what it felt like having the weight of school lifted off my shoulders only to have a new uncertain weight of adulthood and responsibility placed upon them. To the high schoolers, it was never supposed to go down like this. 2020 was a magic number, once. It represented the future to so many, and now we are in the future, and the future has always and will be scary. The future is uncertainty, the future is chaos, because there are too many paths and choices that have yet to happen in the present to make the past. You may have been accepted to college and never dreamed your first year in college could be over a Zoom conference call. Don't worry too much though. Hopefully you aren't too cynical about the government and the current situation that we're in <clears throat> with a certain unavoidable force in the White House. He'll be gone one day and this will be the distant past. To the high schoolers, don't give up. You're getting an early dose of reality that the world isn't exactly cruel. The world just doesn't care. You have to care. You have to choose your own path. There is power in this reality check. Remember, you have the power. Power, power. But it's a slow and inconsistent power that is affected by your diet, sleep habits, and the people you surround yourself with. This isn't a video game with achievements and unlockable characters to collect. The usual process of choosing a college, choose a major, start a job, get married, get a mortgage, get a kid, get a new golf club, whatever. We, the young people, have been told in subtle doublespeak our whole lives to chase your passions. Do what you love, but stay on the assembly line. There's no time to find what you love. You should be building your credit score. Take risks, but don't be foolish. Believe in yourself, but only if you've proven you should. Don't waste time at a job you hate, but magically manifest money to leave that job and chase a dream. Got it? Hell yeah! High schoolers, maybe in this collective pause of quarantine, you can explore what makes you tick and gets your joy muscles pumping. Maybe in five years what made you happy doesn't make you happy anymore. That's okay. That's life. To the college graduates, hopefully you can stay in your college house or apartment with your friends until the lease is up. You should spend the rest of your summer with your crew and enjoy some quality time without the hustle and bustle of class schedules and the constant pull from downtown. Don't move out just yet, unless you got a job and a new place lined up. But don't move home either. Your parents probably won't like your weekly happy hour habits. Instead, cook for each other. Talk about the world. The future. Where do you see yourself in five years? In ten years? What does that success look like to you? What does success look like when the job you've always wanted has been eliminated? Can you still be successful? Can you still add value to the world? With your new college degree, use the knowledge 
Start asking weird and uncomfortable questions. Talk through them without hesitation. Keep learning. Stay curious. Research says an average person is most creative when they're about five years old. And slowly, you become least creative when you're about 30. Around 30 years old, that's when you find your routine. You try to stay in it with as little disruption as possible until it's time to retire. Some people want that. Some people fight to get that. Ask yourself if that's what you want. If it isn't what you want, you got to figure that out. To the new doctors, the new lawyers, the post-grads. Hopefully you can get back to the job you once had. Hopefully you get that new job. I'm proud of you. And I love you. So keep a stiff upper lip, young ones. We're with you. We've been there. Good luck. All right. There you go. We're speakers. We nailed it. Yeah, we're speakers. You ready to review it? All right. So you've heard the speeches. Now it's time. The speeches from the speechers. Speeches. Now it's time to review them, uh, review the challenge more so. Every week in our show, we create a custom review scale to review our custom challenge. That responsibility is Dustin. Dustin, what's our scale? How, how, how are we rating these things? I've had this scale made up for a long time, I ever believe since that. last week. I believe you. So we both like speaking, and some of our favorite speakers, you know, we got... Socrates, mm-hmm. and we got mm-hmm. Plato. Mm-hmm. That's how you, you say know. it. Mm-hmm. We got all these famous people, right? Mm-hmm. They mostly come from the Mediterranean. Mostly. Mostly. Mm-hmm. But for the first commencement speech, there were nine commencers or which graduates. You knew, which you knew last week, of which course. Which I knew last week. Yeah. One to nine graduates from the Harvard class of 1642. Okay. How would you rate these these scales? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've known. I, I showed you the research outline last week anyway. So. So uh, <laughs> do you think we should rate one another's speeches or the experience of writing a speech? I'll do two. I'll do two. Why so, not do two? Yeah, so, why not do two? Uh, in terms of writing my own speech... Uh, it was a pleasant enough experience throughout the week thinking of, um, you know, lessons that I think are worth sharing, mm-hmm. um, trying to, to decipher between what's like my opinion and what's like legitimately good advice. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what, you know, what people really need to hear, I think, um, like what's important. Um, so that's a good kind of meditative way to make it through a week. Um, it might be a good idea to write a commencement speech every week. You know, if like you had some like serious practice, oh, yeah. uh, just like to write advice to your child self, basically, uh, it was good. So uh, on a scale of one to nine commencement speeches, uh, speeches, I love that. Uh, we're going to give it, I'm going to give it, Eight speeches. It, it's for, not a whole lot writing. of work. Yeah, for writing. Yeah. Uh, your speech. Uh, so 
you spoke to basically three groups of people in your speech. Mostly you, to mostly to high schoolers and like new college graduates. Right, but you also did like uh, continuing education like people post-grads. at the end, the yeah. postgrads, that's yeah. what it's called. And I liked that. Uh, I think you gave really interesting advice, actually. I think to your your college advice was I, definitely your most interesting. So the idea that students, if they can, should just stay sort of in their little collegiate family for the summer. Um, I, is that something you did? No, I always left. That's one thing that... I believe I missed out on. Um, I feel like a lot of us, when it was time for school to be over, I had always been going to the next thing, which Mm -hmm. was usually a summer job, like a summer camp job, where I was a director of a summer camp or something. Um, And I feel like, so on my, where I live on my street, you know, there, there are college houses that are renting uh, to college students. And, in the evening I can hear them in their backyards having a good time just cutting up sitting around a fire or something having a few beers and I can only imagine what they're talking about you know they're laughing I hear their laughter through the woods it's like man that's awesome that's great so I kind of thought about that when I wrote that just like if you have the opportunity to spend you know a month and a half two months until your lease runs out probably in late July um You'd have June and July to just really get to know your your friends, your boys, your girls, uh, for two uninterrupted months. Other I than think what? it. I think it was really good advice. Um, it made me think of when I finished school. The next day after my graduation, I got a job as a bread truck driver and showed up to work at like six thirty in the morning and delivered bread for a couple months. Um, and in like, Milledgeville? No, I came back and lived at my parents' house and did that in Alpharetta. Oh. Okay. Um, and like delivered bread for my uncle and it was a huge mistake, right? Like I should not have done that. Um, which I corrected course. Then I joined the band, um, toured around with a band for a couple years, moved back to Athens. Actually, while you were still in school, I moved back that March. So two months before you graduated, I don't know if you remember, but like we came back, we like moved into town, but then Uh, you were in the band and then I was, yeah. And then I I started, my wilderness therapy job and right. I went straight to the woods. Right. I was like, you know, but what I'm saying is I found a way to kind of, uh, continue my youth a little longer, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, I really still value a lot. Um, you know, maybe other people got further ahead in life. Um, and maybe I allowed it to stall me out in some ways, but I don't like regret that. Um, I think that was really good advice. So uh, on the basis of that, I'm going to give you nine commencer speeches. Speechers. Oh, shit. Yeah, man. Good Thanks, job, man. All right, you you rate it. Okay, for for writing it, I'm not. I always struggle with writing, um, and it it all. I always feel like I write too much because my brain has so many different things it wants to say, and I have a hard time narrowing my scope or whatever mm-hmm. so like being able you know i i had a solid paragraphs for the high school or solid paragraphs for the um college graduates um but for like the post grads i feel like in real life no one really cares that post grads graduated 
other than like their immediate family. So they, they've gone through the struggles before and for, I would hope for most post-grads, they're, they're not in school full-time. They've got a job lined up or whatever, but I see I'm rambling again, but it was just like, we're going to, that was more to like a, a line to my wife. It's like, I'm proud of you. Keep your chin up. This sucks. You know, we'll have a party for you later when we can. Um, but get back, get back to work, get your head down, get that pay raise or whatever. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. It must be, um, I feel bad for Casey and I feel bad for the people, especially like there's sort of like, po- uh, high school graduates, like there'll be time to have fun later. Um, they're missing a little bit now, but they'll, they'll find something later. College graduates. It's not really that fun to graduate college. It's sort of depressing anyway. Uh, and it's a, it could be a hassle. Yeah, it's it's a it's a real life change. It's it's kind of shocking. Nobody really enjoys graduating college that much. But uh postgraduate, I mean that is like a, a culmination of a lot of money and effort and time uh yeah. and sacrifice that comes together and it's the one moment in your adulthood other than maybe your marriage where you kind of get like some spotlight on you. Um and to have it kind of Mm-hmm. torn asunder for for the time being i think we'll have to reschedule all those parties um yeah yeah because those we're, people do deserve a little day in the sun yeah we're definitely the casey's graduation has moved to december like they are going to give the the grads a, a second shot at you know a walking opportunity mm-hmm. um back in december or later in december if if they're allowed but that's the goal that's so great. we're going to try to have a party if you're listening, you're invited. Hey, so, come on, um, Australian kids. Say, we'll see you there. Yeah, man. High schoolers, college kids, stay in the front yard. And we'll throw you beer. <laughs> um, the the writing of it, I'm gonna give it a seven because I feel I always feel rushed when I'm writing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I understand. But yeah, and for for years, I really liked your Kurt Vonnegut. Uh, I liked the lightheartedness of it. I'm giving you a nine as well because hey. I think our speeches are going to resonate with different people. But your Kurt Vonnegut line really hit me. I love Kurt Vonnegut, and he's kind of the, I don't know, he's like the the voice of cynical thirty year old white guys. Uh, yeah, so but that's it, such a hopeful. See, that's the thing. I I identify a lot with him because yeah, he's got his so it goes mentality, right? Like you mm-hmm. live, you die, so it goes. But then uh, in that quote there's like the ultimate humanist truth of Kurt Vonnegut. And I think I share it, which is like, you got to be kind to people. Yeah. Be a good person, worry about people and you'll be okay. If, if you're lucky, you got a hundred years. Yeah. (laughs) So, so definitely be kind to people. I like the, the repetition of the word babies. Yeah. Babies, babies. Hey, babies. babies. Can you read that again? You got that pulled up? Can we hear that one more time? Yeah, I can read it to you. The the Welcome to Earth Babies bit? Yeah. Sure. Hello, babies. Welcome to Earth. It's hot in the summer and cold in the winter. It's round and wet and crowded. On the outside, babies, you've got a hundred years here. There's only one rule that I know of, babies. God damn it, you've got to be kind. I like it. Yeah, it's good. It's real good. It's it's legitimately good advice. All right. 
Let's using move that on. advice, let's pick a new challenge. All right, let's do it. Yee! I am ready for a new challenge. It's... I've graduated from <laughs> high school, and I'm ready for my new college challenge. Um, you know, the challenge that I've thought of this week, I know we're waiting on a challenge from uh, JD. What's up, JD? Happy birthday. Uh, the challenge for this week, we're going to go back a little bit, little high schooler. We're going to go back deeper into your childhood. Um, Dustin, I don't know how good you are at this already, but I am very, very bad at it. So the challenge this week is to get good at hula hooping. Get good at hula hooping. Can you hula hoop? Uh, I think so. I'm terrible at it. It just falls right down. So if you're already there, just get way better. All right. I want you to learn tricks. I want you okay. to like learn how to walk around, maybe run. If you've already if you already got it down, get better. Uh, and I'm gonna try and get good. Do you have a hula hoop? Yeah, I got a hula hoop. Oh, I don't have a hula hoop. You gotta get a hula I'm, hoop. I'm gonna have to get a hula hoop, man. Have you not seen okay. what's the dog doing in the yard show lately? Well, I haven't not lately. It lately. But we were having Rosie jump through a hula hoop, so we have one. Sweet. Yeah. Awesome. So okay. yeah, that's the challenge. That hula is hoop. the challenge. Hula hoop. Practice hula hooping. I can't wait to learn more about hula hooping too. Yeah, that's, that's kind of why I be picked a it. Fun right? segment. It seems kind of fun. That is kind of fun. Yeah, and it's like it's not gonna mess up our lives. It's a good quarantine, quarantine challenge. Even though I'm not quarantined anymore, are you? Well, you gotta be socially distant hula hooping, or someone's gonna knock that shit yeah. down. It's we should all be hula hooping. We should learn. Everybody should be hula hooping at Target. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. If you, do you need masks if you're hula hooping all the time? No, not unless you're coughing. Oh, yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, graduates, this has been our show. If you want to give us a call, you can call in at 724-DO-IT-POD. 724-DO-IT-POD. Leave us a voicemail and give us a challenge. Just like idea. Zach did this week. Thank you, Zach. I think we should, we should thank you, Zach, for calling in and leaving a challenge. That's two... We really appreciate it. And if you do, if you submit three challenges, you get a gold star uh, mm. signed by both of us and our dogs. So I, I actually support uh, that. That's fair enough. If you get three challenges Zach's, on the show, Zach's two out of three punch card is almost there. Almost got if his gold star. If you want star. to hit us up on Instagram and uh, show us pictures of your diploma, the instantaneous or your... gram. Yeah. Yeah. The Insta, Instagramus, Insta, Instagram. That's me. Hey. Hey, hey. there he is. Hey. Do it or else pod. That's where you hit us up there and all the bullshit. Uh, and then the email. Haven't checked that in a while. We might phase out the snail mail. Do it or else pod at gmail.com. I think it, I think that's there if somebody wants to like give us a money opportunity. That's why I think the email is there. Oh, in case you get bought by Spotify. Yeah, in case Spotify wants to buy the show, you know where to find us. All right. Hey, we're uh, we're right behind you, Joe Rogan. <laughs> Is that what happened? He sold the entire... It's like So it's not on Apple Podcasts any longer? Oh, I saw that he um, 
went exclusive. I think it will happen in September is when it will officially roll over. But I think it's $100 million. And if you want to listen to Joe Rogan, you got to go to Spotify. That's funny. And But hey, uh, whatever. Him. People are trying to figure out how to make this podcast thing work. I think they bought The Ringer, too. That website, The Ringer. Like yeah. Bill Simmons and, uh, and all that. Yeah. Also, Last Podcast Network. It's a lot of podcasts there that I like. But Last Podcast on the left. It's kind of my first podcast experience way back in the day. And they've moved they over. Got, they got bought by Spotify. So, I mean, you can only hope to be bought out and then sell out, right? We're waiting for that payday, baby. So that's where you find us. We'll- but you don't have to, you don't, if if you want this show to stay as freewheeling and as controversial as possible, <laughs> yeah, you can support Whoa. us by buying uh, share bucks. Wait, what were they called? Um, uh, else bucks. Elks, Elks Bucks. Wow. Well, we just launched a new mobile game. It's a paper paper doll game of Ryan Dustin. You can dress us up and use those Elks Bucks put to buy little, per, little clothes. Put my you little graduation on cap it. on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just released the season pass, the graduation season pass. So <laughs> you can buy the graduation tassels. And we've got like 50,000 colors for tassels. So you can buy 50,000 virtual Dustin, Dustin, tassels. Dustin. And as always, the winner uh, of the slogan contest will be announced next week, babies.